This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Welcome, gather round the fireside and listen to a tale of Fionn McCool, Cullen, Deirdre, all the sorrows grow on your wail. From giants right down to fairies, about the trooping and solitary, and those who are sometimes scary. Anything goes by the fireside. Yeah. Fireside, the Puka Fireside, the Merrow Fireside. Kings and queens fighting heroes, don't you run from the fun, there's no need to hide. Sit by the fireside. Mm-hmm. Fireside. Hello and welcome to Fireside, the Irish storytelling podcast. Each episode of Fireside, we take a story from folklore, mythology, we retell it, have a chat about the tale itself and about the craft, the culture and the history of storytelling. My name is Kevin C. Olihan. I'm your host and your Fireside Bard. Welcome to episode 174 of Fireside. Today on the Irish Storytelling Podcast, we have our next tale from the saga of the Battle of Ventry. This is Ventry Part 3, The Prince of Ulster. But before that, a big welcome to any new and indeed any returning listeners. Thank you so much for your recent or long-running support. If you have not done so already, please follow me over on Instagram at FiresideBard. Uh, email me at thefiresidebard at gmail.com. Those are the two best places to get in touch if you have any queries, thoughts, or if you just want to say hello. The other ways you can support this podcast are, of course, you can join Headstuff Plus at headstuffpodcast.com, where for as little as €5 euro a month, although you can pay more if you want, you can gain access to bonus material, not just for Fireside, but for all of the podcasts on the Headstuff Podcast network and there are more of them every month or two the podcast network continues to grow each and every month and as i can take at this point to say and that the irish podcast awards are uh, are happening at the moment or the submissions have taken place um and this has been the first year that headstuff have encouraged fireside to be entered into the submission so we've been entered into the the long list now and uh uh, thank you. Basically, just wanted to thank you for your support already. To it's it's a great thing to to even at this at this third year, halfway through this third year of this podcast, to be submitting for something like the podcast awards, um, because everything like that uh, is just more chance for Fireside to be listened to by more people and to just spread the name of it further and further. So it was another good thing uh, to to take part in. So we'll see what happens there. I'll keep in touch with you all about that as that plays out. Um, but the if not on Headstuff Plus, you can buy my book Garden Sea in paperback from the Headstuff website or from Kindle uh, in Kindle form from Amazon.com. Links are all in the description below. Also in the description below is the link to our source for this week's tale. And this week's tale is the next story from the Battle of Ventry. Uh, you can see the source. I'm mainly adapting it from in the link below if you want to have a read of it. Um, it's from a, a book that I've, I've only ever been able to find in this online PDF version. But I'm delighted I have because there's a few stories in it, um, a few Fenian tales that we haven't covered so far. So it could be... A further use after the adaptation of the Battle of Ventry is, can, 
is complete. But it's a really, really great collection. And a comprehensive version of the Battle of Entry was something I had struggled to find. So I was very, very grateful to find this version. Breaking a story down, breaking a big story down into individual episodes is a challenge, certainly considering I like these episodes to be able to listen to out of order or if you haven't listened to for a long time that you'll be able to check back in. I would like it as always to be rewarding for those who have listened to all of them and I hope there's more that you can discover each time. But considering the Battle of Entry is one story that I was breaking into four episodes, I wanted it to seem like they were four self-contained tales that were a part of a bigger narrative and it didn't initially split as equally or evenly as say the life of Gronya Whale did the last thing that we were adapting and that was an even cha- bigger challenge as that was history I was dealing with so you can't go off on your own in any way there or else you're unless you're intentionally wanting to deceive people which I do not want to do but the Thorn was a similar situation the Thorn is one big story that I dedicated six episodes to in the very first year or towards the very end of the very first year of Fireside Maybe at the start of episode of year two, I think it was around episode 50, um, that we started looking at the Ulster cycle. So that was a case, that was my first big challenge of trying to divide a bigger tale into individual stories. Um, But the more I've adapted, and I'm glad I've split this story into four, it's taken some rearranging of things mentioned from earlier episodes, case in point with the episode on the King of France last week with Oshin and Oscar. A lot of that preamble about the King of France is from the very first part of the Battle of Entry in the version I'm adapting from, uh, but it made it more of a complete narrative in Oshin and Oscar's story for last week, or the week before last, to make to bookmark the the king of france throughout that story and throughout that episode it just kind of was a nice little bow to tie it in as is this now um because we'll get down to stories it's the story now and not dilly dally and talk anymore we'll talk more about this afterwards of course but this is ventry three the prince of ulster on fireside Ventry 3. The Prince of Ulster. The warriors of the Fianna and their leader, Fionn Macool, were engaged in a long and bloody battle with the armies of Dara Dun, the king of the world. Both sides had suffered heavy losses, and the sands of Ventry Harbour were stained with blood. After another day of fighting, Fionn Macool asked his warriors, who among you will guard the harbour overnight against the armies of Daradun? I will, said the collective voices of Oshin and Oscar, Fionn McCool's respective son and grandson. Both Oscar and Oshin had already been heavily involved in the fight at Ventry, and their recent defeat of the King of France had left them both cut and bleeding. Let our wounds be tended now, said Oscar, and tonight... We will defend the Fianna again. That night, the father and son team of Oshin and Oscar, together with a horde of warriors of Clan Boskna of the Fianna, served as sentries on Ventry Strand. Good thing, too, because eight sons of Dollar Durha, the champion of the King of the World, came to shore with 1,600 strongmen. 
Steel and blood glistened in the moonlight until the dawn sky was as red as the sea foam and all that was left from either side was Ushin, Oscar and three of the sons of Dalardarha. Oscar took on two of the remaining foes and his father took on the final one. Oscar was the mightiest warrior of the Fianna, second only to his grandfather Fionn Macool. But he was severely wounded and exhausted, and the sons of Dalar Durha began to stab Oscar in his open wounds. When the grandson of Fionn Macool realised how close he was to death, he mustered the last of his strength and courage and cut the heads off his two enemies before collapsing into the ebbing tide. Oscar just about pulled himself onto the sand before he passed out. Ushin was not the fighter his son was, but he was still a warrior of the Fianna, and he fought the final son of Dollar Durha bravely. However, Ushin too was dangerously caught up and began to lose his footing and the fight. When Fionn Makul saw his only son losing the battle, he had his bard call to Ushin. Son of Fionn Makul, think of all the kings and queens, the chieftains, men and women and children, all those who have fought and died in this battle. Do not count yourself among their numbers. Rise to fight another day for the Fianna. Rise to tell the story of this day. Oshin had fallen into the shallows of the shore, and while he could not find the strength to stand, he pulled his foe into the water. Oshin wrestled his way on top of the final son of Dollar Durha and drowned him in the Kerry waters. Oshin then dragged the body back to the shore and cut the head off it for good measure. Oshin then crawled back to the beach to check on his son, Oscar. Together they were both carried by their kinsmen to rest and to be healed. At the very moment when the last of his sons had been beheaded and the two-man team of Ushin and Oscar had been temporarily disposed, Dollar Durha, the champion of the King of the World, came to shore and made a challenge to the Fianna. Send me a hundred of your best men and I will slay them all single-handed. This was a lofty claim, but Dalar Durha had been named by Daradun to be the only one of all the kings and champions in his armies to be capable of defeating Fionn and the Fianna, and he would do it alone. Fionn sent fifty men from Clan Boskna and fifty men from Clan Morna of the Fianna, and that evening one hundred Fenian heads were returned to camp, all by the sword of Dalar Durha. The next day, another hundred warriors said goodbye to their loved ones, knowing that they would not survive the day's fight. And regrettably, they did not. For six consecutive days, the champion of the king of the world slew a hundred men of the Fianna a day. Each day after the battle, Dalar Durha would take a hurley and a slither and keep the ball in the air for hours until another consecutive record had been set. This was to further taunt the Fianna. From his sickbed, Oscar wanted to arise. I can beat his hurling record, he cried. No, said Fionn Macool. Even that exceeds your considerable talents. Only two are known to have that skill in hurling. Lu La Vada of the Tua de Danan 
and Cúchulainn of Marhevna. But with the mention of Cúchulainn's name, while hope at Ventry began to dwindle, word began to spread all over Era of the battle against the King of the World. And an answer came in the Hound's home of the northern province of Ulster. The elderly king of Ulster received word of the Battle of Ventry. He told his messenger, Never have I more lamented my advancing years. There's nothing I would love more than to ride to carry and fight with Fionn McCool and the Fianna. But I'm too weak, and I am needed here. Then the king's young son said, Let me go and like the young Cucullin fight for Ulster, my son. Of all the thirteen-year-old boys one could send into battle, you would be the finest warrior. But this is not yet your time. But the king knew his son. He knew the prince would still try to go and fight at Ventry. So the king of Ulster had twelve protectors to keep the prince in a tower. Once locked inside, the prince said to his fosterers, My friends, if you come with me to fight at Ventry, you will still be honouring my father by remaining by my side, and you will also let me make my claim to join the ranks of the Hound of Ulster and the children of Ishnach, who only earned their legends through heroic deeds. The prince's keepers were moved and convinced by the youth's words. They agreed to sneak the prince out and make their way to Ventry. Dalar Darha had slain his six hundredth of the Fianna by the time the Prince of Ulster arrived with them. The youth approached Fionn McCool and said, I am the Prince of Ulster, and I have come to fight with the Fianna in the name of Era. You are a child, boy, said Conan Muel of Clan Morna, and the brute on the beach has just killed six hundred of the best of our men. What possible help could you be? Well, I do know one thing, said the prince. I've never before tonight met a member of the Fianna, but I know who you all are from the stories, and I can tell by your boorish doubt that you are Conan Muel of Clan Morna. Conan Muel was not impressed by this smart response, but they were both interrupted by the marauder on the beach who called for another hundred of the Fianna's best men. Fionn McCool said, I know your father the king, and I know he would not want his only son to die this day. I thank you for your courage and your aid, but I will not allow you to fight today. While Quilcha McRonan and three hundred of Clan Baskna attempted to stop the Prince of Ulster from going to fight, the twelve keepers were the only ones to charge into battle, as the prince continued to plead his case. One by one, the twelve protectors were cut down by Dollar Durha, but fighting as they were for their prince, their king, their province, and their country, these dozen defenders fought and died as valiantly as any man of the Fianna. When the Prince of Ulster heard that his twelve protectors had fallen, he fell into a battle fury, comparable only to the Hound of Ulster. When the Prince of Ulster heard that his twelve protectors had fallen, he fell into a battle fury comparable only to the Hound of Ulster himself. Fionn McCool knew well that there would be no way to stop the prince from fighting now, and he gave the youth his blessing. 
When Dalar Durha and the armies of the monarch of the world saw the Prince of Ulster charging towards them on his own, they all began to laugh. This champion had already slain 612 of the finest of the Fianna, and now one child was what they sent. They thought they surely had Fionn McCool on the ropes, but despite the laughter, the Prince of Ulster was not distracted or discouraged. He charged at Dollar Durha, and before the champion had a chance to defend himself, the prince dug several deep wounds into his foe's flesh. Dollar Durha stopped laughing and decided to cut this child into tiny bits. No one had lasted longer than a quarter of an hour against him, but he would chew this child like a dog toy. But the prince was unlike any fighter of the Fianna. He fought with the honour and the pride of every Fenian warrior, but with a youthful skill that bested Dollar Durha's size and strength. Soon the champion knew he had met his match. The two clashed swords and spear from morning until night, from low tide to high and back again. Eventually the two grappled on the shore, determined to submerge their foe. But at last the tide came back in, and both fighters were too weak to win and too proud to submit. Both Dollar Durha and the Prince of Ulster were swept out to sea and drowned. The Fianna celebrated the defeat of so powerful an enemy, but lamented the loss of a 13-year-old boy, the first one to arrive with outside aid. But now Era knew of the Battle of Ventry, and Fionn McCool had still yet to fight. To be continued. I'm Eve Kavanagh. And I'm Gerald Farrelly. And we are the hosts of Agony Rants. We have been friends for a long time, and on Agony Rants, we do what we've always done. Talk about people behind their backs and make suggestions on how they can improve their lives. No, we cheer them up on Monday morning and help them with their problems. By meddling in areas in which we are dangerously unqualified. Why don't you join us each week for a new episode? You'll find us wherever you do your listening with special bonus content for subscribers on headstuffpodcasts.com. Agony Rants, out now on the Headstuff Podcast Network. And that's Ventry 3, the Prince of Ulster on Fireside, and I hope you enjoyed it. This, yeah, this is fun for a number of reasons. First off, out the bat, with the title of it, with Ulster, we get to ride with Cullen on our shoulders again. I'd said what a treat it's been to be handling characters like Fionn and Ushin and Oscar again, to be going right back to the roots of Fireside, the roots of Irish mythology, the real bread and butter. Uh, and now to have an episode that like has Cullen in the shadows, even with Lou Love, all the f- uh, mentioned as well, of this young... This young, previously unknown prince of Ulster who gets his moment in the sun here against this Goliath-esque figure such as Dollar Durha. Um, one, I stuck quite closely for a lot of this. There's two significant changes. One major change I think I made to the main version I've been adapting this from. And that's when Dollar Durha, when Ushin and Oscar, fresh from their 
fight against the King of France when they're determined to still defend uh, the Battle of Ventry overnight. And they face off against these eight sons and these 1,600 strongmen. The eight sons are from this other king, this other champion who is not mentioned again. It's, it's a similar case with some of the kings that fight and some of the heroes. Perhaps once upon a time these were more known names or perhaps they're more names, they're, they're known names that have escaped me. Perhaps it's my ignorance, but for the sake of the storytelling where I can try and streamline it and combine things to give it a sense of a better flow and, and make it the best version of the story that I can tell, uh, it seemed to lose nothing but gain something to make the eight sons, the sons of Dalar Durha, who is this champion of the king of the world, because he comes out of nowhere and becomes this this person to kill a hundred men of the Fianna every day. So I liked the idea of giving him a bit of a stake with the eight sons that face off against Ushin and Oscar being his children. And then the eight sons, the fighting of, and defeating of the eight sons being what takes Ushin and Oscar out of the fight. Because there's another, with the structure of this, which is just person fights and person dies or wins, and if they win, they recede into the background, there's, it's nice when there's cases where there's a reason, if I can, if I can ascertain a reason why the person isn't fighting if they have won. So with Oshin and Oscar, they had their fight, like other people in the Fianna had their fight and won, but they were determined to keep going, but now we know they actually are indisposed, at least for the moment. There's a reason why they can't fight. And we have then the Prince of Ulster coming down and mentioning and wanting to ride, him being the first one other than the Fianna. Because this has become such a big fight that it's hard to remember that that no one else knows that this is happening. No one else knows that uh, the country is under invasion. It's just Fionn McCool, but now word has spread and Ulster has been the first one to send aid to Fionn on Ventry. The other of the two changes, this is this is quite minor, but I suppose I might as well talk about it because it's a nice detail, I think, uh, is these 12 protectors for the Prince of Ulster, who the King of Ulster, the Prince's father, assigns to protect his son and to stop him from going to Ventry. And the Prince basically finds this loophole and says, look, just stick with me. You're still protecting me, so you're honouring my father, but then I get to go and fight and potentially join the ranks of Cucullan and the children of Ishnok of Nisha and all the boys which I can only do if I fight and so these 12 guys go with him or 12 people it doesn't specify and they go with him and while the Prince of Ulster is arguing with Fionn McCool and Conan Whale about whether or not he can join the fight at all these 12 protectors then fight Dollar Durha and I liked the idea of that they were fighting for their king and their prince and the whole thing that they fought with a great valiant, uh, the valiance is valiance word, um, but with a great vigor and honor and um, prowess. But and that's that's the version I went with here. Uh, but in the version I was adapting, it said that like he that Dollar massacred them easier than any other foe. Uh, so I liked to give these dozen protectors, these fosterers, their moment in the sun before their untimely demise. And we also then get the final, considering there's so many of these fights in this battle, is just fight, there's a bit of wet, there's a bit of sand, there's a bit of blood, always ends with the head being cut off. Uh, we've had characters drown before, and they've nearly drowned. 
But we have this David and Goliath fight between this 13-year-old Prince of Ulster and this monstrous person, Dollardar, who has killed 612 of the Fianna at this point, and that they just... They, they, by the end, they've no weapons left, they've no energy left. They're just grappling there in the shore. They're so weak from the fight that the tide coming in and going back out sweeps them out with them. But both of them still have enough strength of body and spirit to not submit to the other that the two of them go down with each other. And I think that's a great, really solid and different kind of ending to the previous fights we've seen in the Battle of Ulster. And so that is three out of four down. We've now got one more fight to go. We still have yet to see the king of the world himself, Daradun, in battle. And also, he may be older, he may be the general the, on the battle lines, but it's still Fionn McCool. He is still the reason this whole fight was going on because the monarch of the world said, I'll never be the king of the world as long as Era has Fionn McCool. As long as Fionn McCool is alive, I'll never be the king of the world. And he hasn't fought Fionn McCool yet. So it's all still to play for. It's all still on the cards. And that'll be the fourth and final part of the Ventry Saga, which will be week after next. Next week, we have another great folktale uh, called The King of Ireland's Son, a kind of almost Dr. Seussy kind of rattling boggy kind of uh, building kind of tale. Um, really fairy focused. Uh, it was a real fun one to adapt had a great sense of rhythm and play to it i'm looking forward to sharing with you so thank you all for listening um i'm still recording from australia i'm actually recording from my dressing room in cairns we're in the beautiful cairns performing arts center this is our second show of two uh this week um here in cairns uh we have a little bit of a break then before we head down to tasmania and make our way around victoria and we're here with the world of musicals until the beginning of August, at which point I head back to Ireland. So I'll still be here for a while. Um, still very happily recording away and getting keeping ahead of things. Um, so if you have not done so already, please do follow me over on Instagram at firesidebard. Email me at thefiresidebard at gmail.com. Um, subscribe to Headstuff Plus at headstuffpodcast.com. Buy my book, Garden Sea, um, from in paperback or in Kindle version. The paperback can deliver all around the world and thank you so much to all of those who continue to buy it uh, i'll see you all you'll hear me all next time and remember wherever you are and wherever you go you can always join me by the fireside this show is part of the headstuff podcast network a hub for the creative and the curious shows are produced in association with headstuff and the podcast studios dublin find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com Thank <laughs> you.